Welcome into the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, John Ozier, Kai Stevens. In the aftermath of the end of the regular season still, we're winding it down. And, yeah, it's been a busy week, obviously. The Jaguars falling on Sunday and then making changes to the staff starting late Monday night with defensive coaches, a lot of them gone, and then adding to it the next day, Kai, with a couple of offensive coaches not returning. And that's what happens when you lose five of six down the stretch and play the way they did. We knew changes were coming because when you collapse like that, something has to change, right? You can't just expect things are going to stay the same. It's so funny. I think we talk the fine line of it. I know John was saying if you win that game, then totally different. You're in the playoffs, and then probably nobody loses their job, right? So, um, And it's probably not that much different. Which So you can kind of look at it as a positive in the sense of they ran everything back the exact same way they had it in 2022, and they got the exact same result, which is a 9-8 and eight team. Um, and it wasn't good enough this year to make the playoffs because the division's gotten better. So I'm a big philosopher of you should change between every year, even if you win the Super Bowl, because you're, unless you win the Super Bowl, you were not successful, and they certainly did not do that. So we'll, we'll end up seeing exactly what all the changes are going to be, but big ones already right out of the gate. Yeah, Brian. I mean, uh, these are these are pretty, pretty big ones right out of the gate. Well, no I, I was telling someone this morning that I – I've seen a defensive coordinator go, and then the staff kind of hangs out until the new coordinator comes in and dismisses them. I've never seen them swept out like everybody on that side of the ball, with the exception of Bill Shuey. And Shuey has a resume, obviously, what he has done with Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. You weren't going to necessarily ask him to go. Um, But they swept everybody out at the same time. It just seemed to me a very dramatic way of doing things. And maybe that's a message that Doug is trying to send that, you know, hard and fast, understand everything is different now. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a little bit a little bit semantics in the sense that usually when you fire the coordinator, everybody goes, like you said. So it's sort of a probably a symbolic gesture more than anything of, look, we're not good enough. Uh we need to make a statement. We need to make sure people realize we're not doing it. Maybe send a message to players, you know, of, of hey, if, if this happens, uh, it's unacceptable. I, I'm not necessarily on, on board with Kai that you have to change every offseason. Um, I think there is uh, an advantage to continuity, and I usually believe in that. Maybe this works. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that the woes on defense – uh, when guys don't get in their gaps and don't tackle, maybe that's coaching. I, but I mean, as you always say in the ozone, it's always coaching in the well, NFL, John. I mean, and you know. it, and I mainly say that for many reasons because <laughs> I like that sort of thing. But I may say because I think I think it's very overrated in in a lot of cases, and I think players have to make plays. Uh, but in this league, you can't fire all your players. So when you need to make a change, you fire all your coaches. And that's what they did. Well, you're going to have to have some change on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You're going to have to have better players. You, 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 they've invested money in Foley Fontacasi and Devon Hamilton. And I think both are good players, but both got pushed around on Sunday. That's a problem. Uh, you know, Roy Robertson-Harris, same thing. Roy has had some really big moments for this team in the last two years. And yet on Sunday, not so much. Uh, clearly. Devin Lloyd is a guy that they have high expectations for. First-round pick, a guy who could sack the quarterback, intercept a ball, you know, has a nose for the football. 
not for the gap he's supposed to be in because he certainly wasn't the other day. Um, they, they've, they got, if there's going to be change, it can't just be the coaches. There's got to be some players that come and go from this thing. And on defense, man, right in the middle of it all, they got to get better. What do you think, Kai? I mean, this, is, this seems like something they can work on, you know, trim some things off the salary cap and make room to be able to go out and get some players. Yeah, because, I mean, you can make as many coaching changes as you want, but it's the players on the field, right? So you can motivate them, right? But if they're saying a lot of the issues, according to Doug and coaching staff, was execution, I watched an entire season where they didn't execute those things. So maybe it's the they can't execute those things. Maybe they're doing it in practice and then choosing not to do it in a game. I find that very odd. I would imagine that there's physical limitations for certain positions or whatever it may be. Um, but that those need to be addressed too. And for me, it's more, I don't always believe it. I, I don't think coaching firing coaches necessarily fixes everything. A lot of the changes is more like you can always be better at certain positions. And then right now there's many positions that that applies to, you know, if I can turn this just slightly to the big picture, I, I get aggravated when mostly younger reporters say, coach, talk about leadership, right? They always want to talk about leadership. Well, has, has he learned about leadership? But there's got to be some of that, right? You, you went one and four in the big games on your schedule, and the biggest game you didn't even show up in, right? So I have to know why. Why didn't this team perform in the big games? And I'm aggravated by the fact that you, know, that you have the world champions in week two. Your home opener. And what did we learn after that game? Well, that they had a bad week of practice. How is that possible? Well, then the next week you get a Houston team coming in, and, and they just – how do you explain that game? Well, then you go and you beat Atlanta and Buffalo. Okay, you right the ship. You run out to 8-3. and three. But, but then when things got big, this team got small. And, and I asked Doug about it, and he goes, I know what the whys are. They're not going to be your whys. That's Meaning right. He wasn't going to share them with us. No. But, but that's the big question for me because you've got some good players, and we all know where they need to add good players. But are you going to change the reason why this team couldn't win or didn't play its best when it needed to? I think this ties into the same thing. It, it's the stat I've been banging on for the last two weeks. They went 9-8. and eight. I think the stat's right. 9-0 uh, and oh when they led at halftime mm-hmm. and 0-7 oh and seven when they didn't. I, I mean, it's a great number. I messed that up because yeah. there was one game where they were tied. Yeah. But for the most part, the point is they never came back this year. And I thought Tennessee in that sense, I, I said it on uh, Jaguars AM this week, was a microcosm of that because they almost did. They showed that thing that we all saw last year and you thought, okay, this is it. This is the game where they come back, they show it, and they did. They got the play they needed with Cisco. They got the Evan Ingram touchdown. And then they went right down and got to the one. And you thought, okay, here they are. And there they went. And uh, every game last year that was big, they came back from double digits down. This year they never did it. I think that probably ties in with what Doug's talking about. That urgency, that spark that they all look for. Something was missing. And maybe it was the defensive staff. Uh, maybe so. Evidently. I mean, uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, Christian Kirk said something similar to that in the locker room, actually. He's like, you know, nobody really knows why we won all those games last <laughs> year. I laughed when he said that. that was, but nobody knows true. why we lost all these games, do they? It's just kind of how it goes. Let's come back in a moment. We'll get into some of the offseason business the, to attend to for the Jaguars after this on Jaguars Reporters. 
Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier. And it's the offseason, unfortunately. Um, playoff games will be on television. The Jaguars will not be there. We'll be watching some of them. I guess we'll, I'll watch them. John, you'll watch them. Yeah, if you have Peacock. Yeah, we'll be watching that one. <laughs> By the way, have you seen the, the temperature in Kansas City on on Saturday night at nope, kickoff? I haven't because I don't care. It'll be minus one <laughs> at kickoff, which will put it in the top ten of all-time coldest games. Yeah. That's a game you don't necessarily want to be at, but watching it sounds fantastic. Yes. And yeah. Miami, it'll be 63 at kickoff. Think about that. Big difference. You're watching, okay? Right? No, I'm trying to catch up on shows. I'm, I'm on season two of The Bear right now. Let's That's fantastic. <laughs> It's much better than a one-degree playoff game, the Bear. <laughs> so, <laughs> the business ahead for the Jaguars. Okay, they've got to figure out Josh Allen. They've got to figure out Calvin Ridley. Those are kind of the two big things. Then, you know, they can make room and slice and dice the salary cap down and make space. And I can get you to $60 million, no Do problem. all that. They can get to a significant amount yeah. of money. Yeah. So, but, I mean, I mean Kai, it's Josh Allen. He's... He's, you got to get that done. If you think people are mad right now, if you don't resign Josh Allen, there will be no one in that stadium next season. Or, there's no way they they're going to go. tag him. There's Something's just no physical happen. way. Um, he did everything he needed to do. I mean, I just don't understand. The rest of the league would laugh at you. It would be They would bad. laugh out loud. Yes. Well, I've also got to think, um, if you're – right now Doug's having conversations, I assume, with defensive coordinator candidates. Um, a Trayvon and Josh are your core. Right, I mean, you're not coming here. If they that's Josh. what you build the number around. one sack duo in the NFL yeah. with 27 and a half sacks. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I, the first thing that I ask is, okay, we got Josh taken care of, right? I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yes, okay, well, let's move on, because you, you can build around those guys. And uh, I know we're off on a tangent, but they're unusual in this sense. 27 sacks, and do you think either of them are bad against the run? No. no. I mean, right. they're yeah. complete players with the 27 sacks. Uh, so you can build around that, but you got to get them back to build around it. And uh, to me, I, I think it's a no-brainer that you sign them long-term. You get that taken care of so that you – when you're building a cap, you've got to know certain things you're going to build around for the foreseeable future. Uh, you'd like that to be quarterback because then you can build the whole thing for years. But it's okay to have Josh as the thing that you're going to build around. Yeah, and, and too many times, Ryan, it's it's been first round picks not making it to the second contract, and no cornerstone players for this franchise in in year seven, year eight, year ten of their career. That's got to stop. And this would this would stop this is that. the flag. Yeah, this is your guy. I remember our draft night in 2019. Uh, I was standing waiting to go down to the green room, and I had been told right. Look for T.J. Hawkinson, tight end, Iowa. They didn't think Josh Allen was going to be there. They thought the Giants were going to swoop in. Correct. I'm literally walking down the hallway, and I hear, stop, stop, stop. It's Josh Allen, defensive end Kentucky. And I hear the whooping and hollering in the background. Everyone's all excited about getting him. He's a tremendous player. You've got to keep him. There were only four teams this year in the NFL that had at least two players with 10 sacks, and you're one of them. He is absolutely the cornerstone, the guy that you build on. I said this on Jags AM. If you're, I mean, if you're searching for a silver lining to this offseason, you don't have to pay a lot of the guys that you thought you may have to pay. Um, people said, are you worried about the quarterback? Well, no, because I don't have to pay him. I've got his fourth year and his fifth year option. I want to pay him. Don't get me wrong. But I don't have to right away. And because if, if you're paying him based on this last season, you're going, 
which guy do I get, right? So you now have time to correct some mistakes and get him on the right track. Um, and you don't have to pay uh, Tyson Campbell like you thought you were going to because he didn't play much this year, and he didn't play that well when he came back from the hamstring injury. And Andre Sisco, same thing, didn't play that much. There are a couple of guys that you thought, I may have to pay these guys. Walker Little, you thought you may have to pay him. You don't have to now. You, you, you have the ability to pay Josh, to keep Calvin, to go sign a couple guys in free agency and let those percolate. And by the way, in 2025, the cap takes a major jump up. It's the first year of revenue from the new television deal. So it pushes it back a little bit. It gives you some breathing room. And I know Trent doesn't like to do this. He, is, he, he said he really doesn't do this. But with Walker Little, Cisco, and Campbell, you can, and even Trevor, you can go to their representation and say, look, this was a weird year. Didn't play injuries with Trevor, et cetera. Let's figure out after eight weeks. Yeah. We really like these guys. Mm-hmm. We really want them to be this. But right now we don't know the market, and neither do you, frankly. It, it, you know, if you look at Trevor's people, do you want to sign right now? Right. After this season, you know, right. not that he's not all the things, but he wasn't this year. There's unknowns. So it would behoove the players to wait, too. Well, you're, he's wanting that next step up from Joe Burrow, right? right? He didn't earn that this year. Got to go play like Joe Burrow, right? So if I'm him, to, to your point, John, right? If I'm him and his people, I'm like, you know what? We're fine. I can do this. But we we, we just know, like Josh, right? We've got the time. Yeah. Just right. I'll bet on myself. And if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm happy to bet on myself. Would I rather have the big money? Oh yeah, but I'm happy to bet on myself. Kai, where are you on Calvin Ridley? I'm torn. I'm curious what Calvin will want to do too, because he. Comes out of suspension, hasn't played in a couple of years, right? And he's talking, you know, now that the season is over about, yeah, all of a sudden they called me and then I was just out practicing again, trying to figure everything out. And it can't be, you know, that's a long time to not play football, right? And then to come back, he doesn't have that connection with Trevor because he hasn't played, practiced, done that with him. Not to mention, we have to mention, there's at least a month of this season that Trevor didn't practice, so... That's a lot of time to miss, too, and we saw what he looked like when he doesn't practice. So you're missing out on that time, and I'm curious what he would look like next season in his second season back. I don't know if that'll be here or not. I'd like to see one more. I don't know if you can franchise tag him. I don't know what the exact particulars of that would be. Well, um, you have to sign, you have to sign him Josh because you only use one. I think I would sign Josh either way. I, I think it's um, – I get there were things that Calvin wasn't. But he was a 1,000-yard receiver, and I can point to multiple games that I'm not sure they win if he's not on the field. Right. He's yes. hard to cover. Uh, you would think that the chemistry would be better in year two. I think it would behoove him f- on the field to be here. Yep. Now, he's also a special talent. Whatever he wasn't in some ways, he's a special talent, and he's a 1,000-yard receiver, and he caught, what, seven touchdowns? Yeah. Eight? Eight. Eight. Look, I know there are more expectations for that, but that's not nothing. So, I, you know, if he wants to go somewhere, he'll make money going somewhere. So I don't really know how to predict it. It's a great draft for wide receivers, but are you guaranteed of finding a guy who can give you that next year? You also have a lot of other stuff you got to draft for, too. Well, 100%. It's a great draft for wide receivers and for offensive tackles, and you'd rather not have to draft a wide receiver when you need but considering line. wide receivers often have a tough time coming and make an impact right away, mm-hmm. and would you complain if it was three offensive linemen on the first two days? Oh, no. Nope. I'm no. not saying it's going to be no, that. Fact, if it isn't, I'll beat my hand and say, what are you thinking? 
Well, you yeah, know, about three, but they need to yeah. address it. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's... They need it. That's their dilemma. If if all you needed was a receiver, you're right. picking 17th, uh, you can maneuver and so go get one. Right, yeah. Just just in, uh, But I don't know if that's as important with this offense as offensive line is. I know you all guys, you, you guys all spent time with Calvin in the summer too. But I spent time with him in Dallas before the first preseason game. And the conversation was about how happy he was to be back in Florida and how happy he was to find a spot where his family felt comfortable. And I think stability matters to him. So I think you're going to be, I don't know, and I could be totally wrong. I don't know his representation. I think you can find a number that he'll be happy with and you'll be happy with without breaking the bank. If he goes for 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns, 20, 10 touchdowns, right? You're going to have to pay him $20 million. Well, you don't have to pay him that now. I don't think. Maybe some other team's going to come and offer something crazy. But I think you could get him at a good number for him and a number that fits for you. And I think that would be appealing to him because it sounded like he was really grateful to be in Florida near his family. Do you need the second round pick more than you need that? If that comes down to the long-term deal. Yeah, it's it's a fair point. Um, it's a great question. It's a great question. Yeah. We've got a lot of we got a lot of We time have many to months to discuss. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know? I mean, cuz there's a lot of needs. A lot of needs. Uh, but he's a good receiver. It, it, let me just say this. There are eight or nine offensive tackles who will go in the top 40 picks. Mm-hmm. There is a center at Duke. Uh, Graham Barton is his name, who is a stud, who will go somewhere in the upper reaches of the second round. That second round pick would be really appealing if you could help yourself there. Hmm. Oh, did I just give you my opinion of the starting I center? Did. I think I did. I think you got to replace that. So that's where we are. This is the state of affairs for the Jaguars. There's a lot of opinions, and that's what happens when you lose five of your last six. You open the door to a lot of opinions. It's going to be loud and noisy all offseason. Jaguars. Just what it is, guy. Strap in and hang on. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> that was Kai Stevens. It's too bad that we didn't have the cameras turned off. I know, the little claw. With the claw, the claw Scratching claw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osher, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening to Jaguars Reporters.